0: to Assiduous Dust. I'm your host, Joshua Corwin. This is Assiduous Dust, episode number three of season two, and I'm super stoked to have the Groovtastic Alexis rhone uh here with me. And for those of you who aren't aware, here's a little bit about Alexis. Alexis Roan fonture is published in Best American Poetry, Rattle, Poetry East, Hobart, Verse Daily, American Journal of Poetry, Duende, Swim, and that's with two W's, Plume, Diode, Pedestal Magazine, Wide Awake, Poets of Los Angeles, and elsewhere, so much more. She's authored five published poetry collections. Most, re- or second to recently, is uh, Junkie White, uh, Moontide Press, that's in 2018, Uh, And the Dead Kid Poems, K-Y-S-O Flash Press, that was published in 2019, and I misspoke. She has now her most recent, which was just published in March, uh, March 1st, Erotic, New and Selected, which is from New York Quarterly, and there'll be another full-length collection in Italian by, I hope I pronounce this correctly, Edizioni Ensemble uh in italia uh will be published so that'll be in spring did i pronounce that correctly
1: pretty good pretty well yeah
0: pretty good okay well don't hate on me uh, uh alexis's photography uh, she's a great photographer her photographs are published worldwide including river sticks and the covers of hit head chapel heyday and witness and maybe one day after the pandemic ends I'll be coming over, definitely, to get a groovy, uh, you know, uh, headshot, most certainly. A multiple purse prize and best of the net nominee. Alexis is poetry editor of Cultural Weekly, which is awesome. Check that out. And also check out www.AlexisRoanFurniture.com. That's A-L-E-X-I-S-R-H-O-N-E. E F A N C H E R dot com. Alexis, it's I'm so excited to have you here. Uh, thank you for joining me. I usually start off by asking, you know, you know, it's a twofold question. Is there some way that you, let's say, you haven't read poetry, like that, you haven't composed a poem, doing a particular act or in a particular situation? that you'd like to be or let's say what's the craziest experience or, or place you've been while you've composed a poem and there are two different versions what's your silly for example some people have said in the past like skydiving or you know and you're serious like they haven't really gone to a trump rally and d- written a poem while attending one of those uh, that might not be safe necessarily Ah uh, I would recommend it. So what's your silly and your serious, Alexis?
1: Well um that's a good question, um Joshua. I'm not I'm thinking. Um what comes to mind is uh being uh twenty four and living in uh Athens, Greece, uh my sister and I were traveling and we'd Spent a few months in Greece, and we were in a our Volkswagen camper and we'd picked up a couple of americans and um we were in the back having sex, and I wrote <laughs> the most amazing poem all um,
0: having sex pardon oh no no, okay,
1: so the, I don't know if that one's silly or serious. you choose, you know.
0: It could be a hybrid.
1: There you go. Maybe it'll work for both.
0: (laughs) Okay. Okay. So, go ahead. I I like that answer. And there are no right answers, you know, just like life. Pardon? There are no right answers, just like life, just like writing poetry and doing art, I'm sure. I guess there are ways that couldn't be as good, but there are no right answers.
1: (laughs) Maybe, or maybe every answer is right because you made it.
0: Very true. Uh, Very true. So, you know, speaking of, you got into, um, you know, how did you get into photography and art? And I know that you do, like, amazing black and white photography, and I know that we talked a bit about that, but is there a story behind that? Has your photography also matured like has it changed a bit like you know when did you first get excited about about photography and was there like were you like paint us a picture were you a different Alexis back then um, you know compared to the uh, Alexis Rohn Founcher who is uh, here before us today um you know what was kind of going on in your world um Young, naive, not uh, hardened by the cruel world.
1: Oh, okay. So I was 10 and I started taking pictures and my father, who is an artist, um, maybe a frustrated artist. He had a straight job and a straight career and did well. Um, he nurtured the artist in me and bought me a Nikon camera because he thought I could handle it. And, uh, I think if I could have been, if I could have had artistic talent as in being able to draw or paint, I don't think I would have ever picked up a camera, but I didn't have that. So I've always shot pictures. Um, It's the other end of the poetry, you know, it's it, it. I try to write pictures when I try to write. You know, you know like like a make a picture I, I try to write little movies, yeah, little sure. stories and the photography is the other end of that and that said when I became a uh, poetry editor of Cultural Weekly back in 2012 we would get these wonderful poems from all these really great poets and I would say some of your poems, some of your headshots You know, and your author bio, and I get beautiful poems, a terrific bio, and a headshot that looked like someone had, you know, done a selfie, waking up in the morning and looking. Boy, they. Yeah, exactly. And my publisher, uh, the wonderful Adam Leipzig said, "You're a photographer. Shoot them." You know, and uh, anyone that was in LA, if they didn't have pictures, I started photographing them, and. In 2015, I had a full-blown show of 35 of the uh, photographs at Beyond Baroque, and I've been. Beyond Baroque is
0: excellent.
1: Lovely. Um, So they did that for me, and I've been shooting poets ever since. Um, I have about 70 so far. I'm looking for another 20. Uh, poets in LA you know big time poets in LA that I need and then I'm doing a book with uh, Eric Morago at Moontide of of Southern California poets and their work so stay tuned you know
0: excellent maybe you can include me we'll see and I I love Eric Eric is great
1: Uh, yeah he's wonderful
0: Moontide is, is excellent Anywho, so that's something that to be coming up and you got to find ways to expand that because the world, the world's poets, uh, more than just LA definitely deserve your, your, uh, uh, photography, uh, skills. And, uh, I know I've seen them. They're quite, uh, they're very admirable and very groovy. Uh, I say groovy a lot. Groovy is uh, a word that is, uh, spoken to the to the grave in this in this uh, in this uh, here uh, formal podcast where we formally say groovy <laughs> and, uh, and and so that kind of you know I find like you can you know you kind of do you think in pictures do you find like do you Um, when you're thinking about something, are you taking in stuff? Are you more a picture-oriented individual? You know, kind of, you know, we all have thoughts that come up in our head. How does that, um, how do your thoughts arise? Are they more imagistic?
1: Hmm. It depends. You know, sometimes I'll be watching a movie and I'll hear a line that, you know, just blows me away, and I've always got my iPhone next to me Mm -hmm. and I take notes and those often just crazy lines uh, often become poems and become visual. Sometimes I get turned on by a photograph quite often. I'll write to that. I've got a book of ekphrastic poems coming out that I'm writing with uh, another poet, Cynthia Atkins um, and we're writing to 10 of my photographs, my work and her work and putting it together in a chapbook. Um, so which came first? I don't know, Josh, the chicken, the egg, the photograph, the, the poem, the guzzle. <laughs> um, I don't, don't you find that it just kind of whatever comes up?
0: Yeah, it is whatever it comes up. It was a trick question. And I think you passed. Oh, um, good. Glad to Yeah. Know. And I, I do find, but it's interesting because um, I don't know, I, I'd i say that more, I think in terms of like pictures, but also I'll hear words and I'll hear lines. But I also think in terms of at least my thoughts are like a web. It's like this, you know, you have Indra's web or Indra's uh, web, this multi-dimensional kind of uh, diamond web. I might be getting this wrong. It's talked about in Hinduism. And, you know, I feel like that's like how my thoughts are one relates to another and then you find these little patterns and then I feel like all these things are just us discovering the patterns and the patterns within ourselves which would be a great title for a book uh, the pattern within ourselves um yeah so I'm I'm curious you know I because you're you're you know, I guess you'd say that you're a very sensual individual, or or you've seen a lot of sensual things, you know, um, and experienced, uh, especially given, you know, the style of your work, of your poetry. But would you think that there's a, you know, kind of the sensual side, or there's a sexual side that's that's maybe embedded into life that maybe perhaps we don't pick up on, uh, that's kind of floating about in everyday scenes perhaps of even somebody just going to the supermarket and we kind of just don't see it and have you had any experiences like that where you kind of seen the noir um kind of the filth the beautiful filth in everyday, or what kind of got you into that and perhaps how can others this is a huge multi-part question we'll chip away at which But how can others kind of dive in and find and discover, you know, themselves, you know, you have your particular niche, your particular style. And I find that it's important for other artists and people to be able to and poets to be able to discover what works for them. And that's that's something I guess nobody can really tell you how that occurs. But for you, you know, can you tell us about when you first realize your your particular niche?
1: Well, hmm, that's a long question, kiddo. Um. Yeah, <laughs> it,
0: there's multiple parts. You know, you yeah. just take an end and we'll ship away, chomp away like a pork chop. All
1: right. Um, In terms of how I view the world. Um, yes. I believe I all, was born a centralist. I have always, you know, things for me are very visceral. I I experience things intellectually, but mostly physically. And I had very nurturing parents who let me read whatever I wanted. Uh, It could be the Bible or the carpetbaggers or anything in between. Um, The rule at my home was if you can reach it, you can read it. (laughs) <laughs> and uh, there was a very high bookshelf and the naughtier books. The sexy books were toward the top, Ooh. but I climbed. and <laughs> i I was reading James Baldwin at at ten or twelve, and uh, a number of of really remarkable writers. Um, and when I got out of high school, I moved up to Northern California, and I fell in love with a forty two year old. Sensualist. He was a painter, uh, a fabulous uh, artist. He traveled the world. I was 17. He was 42. Uh, oh, wow. And I lived with him for over a year up in the Santa Cruz Mountains. And he taught me that everything is sensual how you make a paella, how you cook a, an egg, how you make love, how you take a shower, how you touch the ground, how you decorate a Christmas tree, how you feel when you take a walk, how you touch. Everything can be experienced through that filter, through that, that way of seeing, like la, la vie en rose, if you will. And for me, you know, having the very open upbringing and then falling in love with Alan and having him tutor me In the ways of life and in the ways of sensuality uh, have lasted my whole life and I think pushed me in that direction. Um, When he died, he left me about 50 drawings, paintings, many of them of me that I have all over my house and remind me every day to be sensual. Does that answer any part of the question? I
0: think that answers a lot of the questions. Okay. Uh, uh, and 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 you know that's that's you know a reminder. Do you ever go and like, damn, I look good. I'm sorry. Do you ever go and you're like looking at the photos and you're like, damn, I look good.
1: Oh fun yeah. <laughs> I have a I have a six foot. Uh, purple, uh, portrait full length portrait nude of me in my living room. That is, if it, it fills the whole living room that, that he did, and um, it keeps me honest. I mean, yeah, I looked fantastic. I mean, all the photographs he many years ago he gave me the photographs and the negatives that he had shot of me oh, when I was 17, 18. Um, and I was almost kind of offended that he didn't want them anymore. But he was quite old <laughs> said, no, you really, you should have these. And now they're very precious because I'm older and I've been through life. And look at that girl and I'm very happy with who she became. You know, I can see the journey and I'm happy. I'm happy to be that girl now. Um but yeah I look at her and go damn you look good wow Um <laughs>
0: Yeah it's if ever you feel like depressed or something you just look at yourself yeah or something I don't know I don't know I'm just spitballing here and I um so you know you and then do you ever like will you ever do um I don't know if this is too will you ever be like I'm going to do an ekphrastic of that that picture hanging above the the mantelpiece. I'm going to do an ekphrastic of it.
1: You know, and I yeah. never have, but that's kind of an interesting idea.
0: Oh, that that'd be I a like great. That. Collection. I like that. I
1: might just do that.
0: Yeah, it's 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 fonger on Foncher. on fonger.
1: <laughs> okay. I like
0: that. <laughs> yeah. you you'll have to you can dedicate it to me.
1: Oh, really? Maybe okay. Not.
0: Maybe not. That's that's a joke. That might be a joke. I'm just joshing. Uh, absolutely. And then I know you have, you know, you have, um, you know, and a lot of things. So I guess for a lot of, uh, it's important. And, and you see yourself, I guess, you know, I see myself as a feminist. And I think it's important. You have a lot of things that are going on. And, it, it, you know, this is, the month of, uh, this is uh, also, you know, National Women's Month, it's important um, to realize that there's, I guess there's power also in, um, in sensuality, and that's something that, uh, you know, often, you know, I've been, I've been reading, you know, a lot of religious stuff as well, reading a lot of, you know, I go to Hasidic Judaism, I kind of watch a lot of lectures, and I'm like, I haven't discovered some stuff about that yet about the uh, the power of uh, sensuality and feminine power and all that stuff I haven't yet to find that but um that'd be an interesting to uh thing to kind of look into and find and I'm curious just how that you know over the years has played a role has you know have you found it empowering uh the sensuality and how has that um you know, that you can help other women who, who might, um, you know, let's say they, they want to be a poet, they want to be an artist, and they want to do something that perhaps isn't, um, you know, and, and write in a certain way, and perhaps it's not as accepted, or there's certain things, perhaps they have a more religious lifestyle or background or something, and have you ever found, like, you know, mentoring, uh, other women or other individuals and empowering is that you know a part that you find is important for you uh advocacy and empowerment
1: well I've always been a feminist I think I was born that way my upbringing was very feminist I was always told I was the oldest child and I was always told that I could do whatever I wanted it was assumed I would get a PhD in something and uh (laughs) that you know didn't matter what you know, just yeah. go to school, get a, get your degree, get another degree, get another one. you can never learn too much um in terms of mentoring, uh, I find that my writing often gives other women and men permission mm-hmm. they they find a spark of something that connects to me and connects them to me and will come up to me and and you know I'll be reading about my cousin Lisa or my you know, my sister, and I'll spill a bunch of beans, and people will come <laughs> up after a reading and and say, wow, you know, they'll tell me about their cousin Lisa and the first time they were in the closet or, you know, underneath the bed and exploring. And, um, you but know, it's, okay. it's, it's definitely okay. Um, I don't think that religion and sensuality are by any means mutually exclusive. Um, you know, if if you read the Kabbalah, if you read, you know, any really beautiful, you know, like right. like the Hindu texts, like in
0: in the Zohar, I guess, you know, you have uh, it's that there's the masculine and feminine that God is ma- both masculine and feminine.
1: Right. You know, it's it's the yin and the yang. Um, it's just the patriarchies that you know make everything penis related instead of person related and human related. And you see what's happened to the world as a result, you know, it's total chaos and people fighting against other people for what? Yeah. It's, it's just
0: There's like people, people like, like you have Donald Trump with all those daddy issues, you know? Oh, I won't go there. That's fire. That's fire. Do well, not, okay. We won't,
1: want to talk we about won't that.
0: go in there, but um, yeah. And all that. Stuff, but you you have madness, and I think you know, if we kind of were a bit, I, I agree with you if we're, and I agree that 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 uh, you know, religiosity and that religion and, and uh, sensuality are not uh, mutually um, exclusive. I, I agree with that, and it's interesting that I don't know, I guess there are some people that would find that perhaps you know, uh, disagree. And, and that's something that, uh, you know, it's always cut and closed, how we look at things. You know, I, I, I remember that I, I believe I heard you read um, from the dead kid poems, and that was very interesting and really influenced me. Or I found it very groovy, and I think you were reading at Beyond Baroque, um, and I believe with Kim Dower, uh, who's also a, oh, yeah. a friend of Assiduous Dust. She's... Very groovy, and um, you know, you know, did you, you find that you got more involved in, um, you know, you know, I think you you and Tim are, are are friends, right?
1: Yes, uh, we are, and I really yeah. admire her. She's a yeah, wonderful she, poet and human, you know.
0: She's she's a she's I don't know about uh, about human. She's a great poet. No, I'm just kidding. i she's a great human and very inspiring and. Yes. Um. Absolutely. And and so I wondered, you know, what would you tell us? You know, when did you when did you first meet Kim? And did you uh did you know how amazing she was?
1: I kn- I know Kim uh through uh, Francesca Bell, who is hmm. a Northern California poet and a very close friend. And she put the three of us together for the reading. I had admired Kim for a very long time from afar and. That's when I first met her. And in fact she's one of the poets that I had scheduled to photograph for the book mm-hmm. and then COVID nineteen and everything got Boy. canceled. Just like whoosh, I had fifteen I had fifteen sessions lined up. We were gonna knock the book out. And then, you know, here we are. So but I think she's wonderful. I right. I'd like to know her better. Yeah. Uh,
0: yeah. have you have you uh so I, I'm also curious because about that, uh, the book and everything, you know, there must be a way to like, you know, you could do drive by shooting where it's
1: <laughs> so shooting. I don't think or, that's what you want to call it, but I get it.
0: Uh, <laughs> you get what I mean. where you Drive just, by, sh- okay. Uh, or or drive by photo shooting. Uh, right.
1: There you go. Uh, or, or you
0: call it, uh, no let paparazzi or something like that. Um. And you do it like in this flash way where it's kind of like, you
1: know. Well, you see my street photos, right? Yeah, you've I've seen, seen my the- street photos. Those are usually shot while I'm walking around downtown or wherever. Or my husband's driving and i am just got my head out the window um, with my iPhone. Uh, there's that kind of shooting. But when I'm shooting... For real. I'm shooting in a studio, in
2: studio with yeah. a
1: Nikon camera and a big ass lens and lights and backdrops and you know, it's the real deal. Um, and I and
0: nothing I, beats that.
1: I like both of them. I, I I love I love both, you know. I looked at my husband last night, and I said, Oh my god, soon we're gonna be able to photograph people again in the studio. And we're both so excited. Um I can't wait. I can't wait till this is over and I can do my art again, you know?
0: Absolutely. You're like, you're like, you know, I feel like, you know, there's Andy Warhol and then there's Alexis Roan Francher. Oh,
1: you're very sweet. I'm not quite there, but I'm working on it, you know?
0: You know what? You'll get there, you know? All you have to do is just get a can of soup out and have somebody, like, photograph it. And then you put a person that's, you know, they're 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 wearing cans of soup all over their body. I don't know.
1: I think that it's been be... done, but but I get the – I I understand what you're trying to do here. <laughs>
0: yes, but I don't think it will work. And so, you know, tell me a bit more about, about you, you know, you have erotic new and selected. You know, t- tell me a bit about that. I, I'm sure – our our listeners are uh, uh, yearning to hear more about that, um, and about the uh, particular, you know, what kind of inspired, erotic, uh, new and selected, you know, I know you you probably have, uh, you know, a lot of people, I of course, don't realize that the poetry is, uh, you know, it's not always the newest ones that end up getting, you know, published, it's usually stuff from two years back or a few years or, you know, because the delay. And so, you know, you know, I'm guessing that uh, that's the case here.
1: Not really. Um, I've been uh, very fortunate and I publish mm. quite regularly. Um, this is my sixth book since 2014. So almost mm-hmm. one a year, except for, I think, 2017 or 2019. There was nothing but... Uh, This book came about because uh, the publisher of uh, New York Quarterly very kindly uh, got in touch with me about doing a new and selected book, Um, and I love New York Quarterly, and I love Raymond Hammond, I think he's brilliant, and I said, well... Heck, yeah. You know, Um, and I said, so we talked about it and I had a lot of new work that had been published, you know, in literary journals, but nothing that had been published in a book. And we took some of the maybe 30, 20, 20 poems uh, Mm -hmm. from my first book, How I Lost My Virginity to Michael Cohen and other heart stab poems and we took a, a number of poems from Enter Here, which is my second full-length uh, erotic. And then we put in about 30 new poems that had not been published in any collection, including all the sister poems about me and my sister and how we get into all kinds of situations, um, all of which are true <laughs> and um yeah. yeah, so it yeah. came together, and um, I got great people to blurb it on the back, and and there you are. It just came out on yeah. uh, the first of March, so about a month Yeah, ago. Life congratulations. Thank you. Life has
0: been good. You. Has been good. You. you know, you know, there, 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 there should be. Has anybody ever said like "Ooh la la" as like the blurb thing? They're like "Ooh la la." I don't know. That that would be, I think that would be excellent. You know, just one word. I don't know. I might be joking around with that. But I, I find that, um, you know, it, I, I feel that, have you ever thought of, like, getting more also into, like, novellas? Because I feel like, or, or I feel like you, you ought to be doing, honestly, um, some, like, maybe do some screenplays or movie stuff. You know, there's kind of an L.A. Confidential-like vibe. Uh, to your work, uh, very much so. And I feel like more of that needs to be seen and witnessed as well as filmatic uh, elements. Um, Speaking of Italian directors, though, I I find that my work would fit more in line of Fellini. Uh, But, uh, you know, I feel like yours, I'm, I'm not too familiar with that many Italian Directors, but I'm sure you could work something out there.
1: You should check out Pasolini.
0: Pasolini.
1: Just just write down the word and check him out. He said, yeah. I
0: will write um, that down after after the show, of course. But to I, answer
1: your question, mm-hmm. um, it's funny you should mention that because I am writing a noir uh, novella right now called My Criminal Boyfriend. Um, I'm about 6,000 words in, so just you know, tip of the iceberg. But I'm hoping to have that finished before the end of the year. Um, excellent.
0: You know, do you do yeah. like a page a day or so, or or do you do like every other day or so, you'll do a paragraph, or you know, what's your process? Because I know that you know, the reason I'm also asking quite selfishly is you know, other people might want to make that jump of, you know, doing novellas or novels. I've been working on a novel myself, it's, it's not as risque. Well, there are risque al- elements, you know, there's uh, some very sexual, like, menage a trois elements in mine. but uh, it, it's, uh, you know, I find that I need to have separate times set aside at least every day or every other day in order to work on the novel. Because it's challenging. I can't just write it all in one setting, I find. And if I, I do that, I'll never kind of get it done. I'll never work on it. What What's your process? How do you, uh, what's the frontier system?
1: Okay. Um. I get up every morning. I do a meditation. I take photos of the sunrise. I make a cup of French roast coffee and I go to work. This is my job. I write usually four hours a day every day. I also uh, run a business where I do editing and, uh, mm-hmm. you know, for poets also for um, uh, I, I, I work with the beauty editor of a magazine and right. uh, write all of her column every month and. Um, And then in the afternoon, I I work on my client's work, you know, and I'm working one-on-one with clients. You still haven't
0: gotten time yet in for the novella. So that's why I'm saying, like, how do you get that time in?
1: Well, that's in the morning. I write Ah. four hours every morning. It might be an hour on the novella. It might be a couple hours on new work and then another hour on a poem that I'm workshopping with a couple of other poets that we edit each other's work. Um, I don't know. When I tell people I work eight hours a day writing, they're like, you do? You mean, you just don't wait until the mood strikes you or the muse comes? I'm like, no, I pimp my muse. My muse shows up every day. I Pimp my muse. I pimp my muse, my dear, and it shows up every day for me because that's a great title by the way thank you
0: that's an excellent title for something
1: uh i think i made it up i'm pretty sure i haven't heard anyone else say it but you never know well
0: i love it i love it and i think there should be you know you could have the book your that's the title of one of your next books or an upcoming one (laughs) my muse Um, maybe you got to use it. And and, and that's, you know, it's important. And sometimes, you know, then when the muse hits, I guess it'll be really, you know, it's on fire, you know,
1: the muse shows up, the muse shows up because I expect her to show up. And because I respect the muse, I show up, the (laughs) muse shows up. I mean, I was reading many, many years ago, uh, Mm -hmm. there was an interview with Uh, The author Nora Roberts and she's a romance novelist. I have never read her work. I don't like that particular genre, but I was fascinated at her her process. And Mm. the interviewer said, so how often do you write? And she says, I write for eight hours every day. And he said, eight hours every day? And she looked at him and she said, yes, how many hours a day do you do your job? And he just had Nothing to say. He was shocked that it could be a job. You know, if you wait for the muse to show up, you're going to have two pages of something and no book and no poems and nothing. You've got to make it work for you. Don't wait. Do it. She'll show up. Right.
0: Right. Without a doubt. I'm a a big believer that like, oh, you know, I'll go to the park. You know, I was earlier at the park and I'll you know, take my computer and I'll go, and I'll do this, but I find, like, I need to get all meditated. I get meditated. Uh, I used to, uh, do a bunch of, you know, you know, I'm a recovering alcoholic and, uh, drug addict, and I'll get high off meditation, and I love it. I'll meditate my ass off until, uh, and then the stars will be shining, and I'll be groovy. So, I find that, um, you know but did it take a while for you to get to that process where, okay, I'm gonna do that. I'm sure like there had to be eventually you you got to a point where, okay, this is my routine, and this is what works for me um that didn't just immediately arise, right
1: yeah you know, it's it's yeah, kind of I guess I've just always been very disciplined um. I've always had the discipline. It's never been a question of dragging myself to the computer. It's always dang i've it's six o'clock. I can't wait to write. Mm-hmm. you know, and I'm always making notes and I'm always writing stuff down and um if I'm watching a movie, I'm writing lines down that you know um end up in my poems all the time and I read I read voraciously, not only novels and Enormous numbers of poetry books, but I read the news and I read the Smithsonian and the Atlantic and the New Yorker and the New York Times and all those other liberal. Yeah, <laughs> realizing these are all liberal, but then so am I. Um, but that's what I read. Hey, all so I am I it's as well, filtered. So. You know, you filter all that stuff through you, through your mind, through your process, and it comes out the other end. You know, absolutely.
0: Um, and it's not shit. Ch- it's grooviness.
1: Well, hopefully Because
0: of because of out the other end, you know. I'm I'm silly. I'm a child in a man's body. Uh and I think I guess we are all are in some ways. And and you know, I wonder would you read um you know, a bit would you read perhaps uh either a poem from uh, erotic or were from you know? Would you read something about kind of about you know? Do you have something about receiving those uh those negatives or about you know being you know you know uh, featured being uh you know depicted you know nude when you were younger? Would you read something about that?
1: Hmm, I'm trying to think if I have anything like that. There's one, but I don't know if it's in this book. Mm. It's weird, right, that you don't remember what's in your book?
0: Yeah, okay. I know. I, I will look at my own writing, and I will forget who wrote that. Like, somebody will sometimes recite a line back to me, and I'm like, I love that. Who is that? And they're like, that's yours. And I'm like, really?
1: I wrote that? Really? Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that'll happen to me. I really well. I have this one. Okay. That, but it doesn't. You know If yeah. Okay.
2: Um. All right. In the meantime, what's your favorite color and
0: why?
1: What's my favorite color?
0: And why? It's uh-huh. one of the hardest questions. I've had people who have had said that's an incredibly complex question and actually meant it in others. who's like, oh that's simple.
1: Well, uh, my favorite color to wear is black. My favorite color to be surrounded by is probably white. And my mm. favorite accent color is blood red.
0: Ooh. Yeah, my, my my favorite color is red, but it's I don't like to re- wear red you know, all the time, but I kind of, like, I picked it when I was in, like, preschool, red, so now I have to stick with it.
1: <laughs> for your whole life?
0: My whole life, I have to stick with it.
1: Oh, Lord, that's a long time, my friend.
0: Yeah, I know. Until I'm 87. That's 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 when it ends for me. I've already seen it. I've seen it, and... Do you have the poem for us?
1: I do. Um, This one, um, my next, I'm going to read this one. Uh, It was just published in Gargoyle magazine. and an
2: excellent uh, magazine.
0: I love
1: that. Yeah, it's a great one. And they published two of mine. And this one, this one will be out in 2022, again, from New York Quarterly. They're publishing my next book. So, yay. But I'll read this one to you. And it's called... Hey, 19, Daddy's Pal Paul and I cut to the chase. Paul pushes into me with all the desperation of his 45 years. Hey, 19, he moans like this song, and I smile, murmur encouragement as he ruts and grunts, his beer belly slapping against my ass. I've cured him forever, he says, of loving Anne. That I'm a better fuck than his ex-wife ever was. That she could never give a proper blowjob. Did I think I could love an older man? And did I think my daddy would mind? Have to confess, the dude's got moves. He's doing things to me down there that thrill my nubile heart. That's when I remember Paul's a gynecologist. I figure I could do worse, given my run of bad luck with boys my age and that doomed foray into lesbo land with my crazy girlfriend, Angelica. I'm all in, I tell Paul and Mona Lisa all over the place, wearing only a smile as I languish on the bed at the Palm Springs Hotel and fall in love with room service. I run up quite a bill, Don Perignon, beluga caviar on Ritz crackers, a giant-sized box of jujubes. And when Paul gets back from the jewelry shop in the arcade with the small blue box that sparkles, the last thing I want is for the evening to end, for him to come to his senses. That's it.
2: What we do
0: here is snap, 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 clap, 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 round of applause. I love that. Thank you. And that's a so fun one. Yeah, yeah, that's a, a excellent. Uh, I love that. And you know, it's Mo, I, Mona Lisa. That's uh, you know, what kind of uh, you know, brought that up? You know, what were you? Was that one of those where you were thinking about something and I'm like, oh, I gotta use that later on, and you just jot that down. How did how did that term kind of come up?
1: It just sort of appeared. I was thinking about how I looked naked on that bed, with, wearing only a smile, like like Mona Lisa. And I thought, rather than using Mona Lisa as a noun, what would happen if you used it as a verb? And Mona Lisa'd all over the place. You know, poets can do that with language, right?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like there are a lot of things, and and also, in fact, it's more natural because we're all just verbs walking around. You know, we're not nouns. <laughs> we're, we're 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 actions.
1: I like that. We're all just verbs running around. I, yeah, that works for me.
0: Absolutely. And so and so that's from uh, uh that's not from erotic.
1: Or that is from Erotic, right? No, it's not. Um, oh, that's from the it, next it, one for it was me. Fifth, it was me at 19, and I thought you wanted me really young, and that was really young. Um, but, no, that'll be in the next book. That it, is it, it, uh, 20, I'd love to read something with, from Erotic. If,
0: I would love to uh, hear something from Erotic, that I'm sure our listeners would as well. Would you, uh, Mona Lisa, away?
1: Sure. This one's from the book, uh, Erotic, Uh, and one of my favorites. Um, It's called Tonight I Will Dream of Angelica, My First Ex-Girlfriend Who Taught Me the Rules of the Road. Angelica comes on to me like a man, all slim-hipped swagger, relentless, dangling that red 57T bird at me like dessert. Let me take you for a ride, chica, she says after acting class. I figure, what's the harm, but Miss Angel Food gets way out of hand. I don't count on her heart-shaped ass or those brown nipples crammed in my mouth. I don't count on the dilematic four-way power leather seats, the telescoping steering wheel, or the frantic pleasure of her face between my thighs. I admit I've always been driven to sin, but Angelica's far from blameless. She rides me hard week after week, double clutches me into ecstasy, hip bone against hip bone, the dulcet, lingering groan of our gears grinding. When I confess the affair to my boyfriend, he jacks himself off in the galley kitchen, comes all over his unattainable fantasies. He says he doesn't consider sex between women to be cheating and begs me to set up a threesome. I tell him the T-bird's a two-seater and watch his face fall. I could end it, but why? All I can say is I want her for myself. All I can say is I'm a die hard, romantic. Anyone I do, I do for love. <laughs> <laughs> snap, 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 clap, clap, clap. Oh, thank you for laughing. People, I, I, I'm always sad when people take my work seriously. I I to be a comedy writer, you know.
0: But that, that is hilarious, you know.
1: Thank and you. I, I
0: do it for love at anything I do, as well as like the whole thing about like his face, like, you know, he just wipes off his face. That <laughs> I, that's usually funny. gets
1: a laugh. People like it's that. Funny. Like.
0: It's funny. It's <laughs> it funny.
1: It was funny. It was funny when it actually happened.
0: This a lot of these stories happened.
1: are 95% true. So, you know.
0: Okay. <laughs> so, what part of this is not true? Or, or is it the is it the way in which they're woven is is more because there's a touch of surrealism also here as well going
1: on um, yeah a little touch of surrealism yeah a actually that was pretty much all true oh, that wow. particular one yeah.
0: yeah but there's this thing the art of story weaving and that's what a good poet can weave things a good you know, novella or whatever, you, you need to be able to merge events and images. And then you use it with interesting, uh, you know, phraseology. And I love that. What was that uh, double clutches to ecstasy? And that just, it's onomatopoeia style, it just rolls off. I love it.
1: Well, in terms of how that poem was written, when I decided to write about the 57 T-Bird that she yeah. had, I, I did some research into what 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 were the extras that came with it and what were, you know, all the cool stuff that came with the 57 T-Bird and all those things I mentioned mm-hmm. um, were things that came in the T-Bird that year, you know? And then I, what I had to do was start cutting away. I had so much stuff and then I just kept the ones that worked the best.
0: So was know? the original poem like four pages or certain things that, it, or or the original aspects of the t-bird and you're like no nah, this is how i want it to be you know this this is what makes it a smooth slick piece of machinery so to speak
1: yeah i mean you know you just keep cutting and cutting and fastening. i look at you know writing a poem and and editing a poem which is really where the writing truly lies as right. fascinating as diamonds you know, you're, you're facetting a diamond and every time you chip a little here, you cut a little there and I do it the best I can. And then I send it to one of the other poets that I work with. We share editing, edit for each other and they'll cut off a little more and then they'll cut off the end and it'll be better. And, you know, most of my work goes through a lot of drafts, a lot of drafts to get it right, you know.
0: And, and what would you say is your favorite way of like, is there a place you like to be like ever like your favorite place or environment
1: for editing? You know, everything's must- done on the computer, everything wow. from the very first draft. I don't write longhand. Um, I, everything's done with. Right here at the computer, right in my studio, right in the same mm. place. Um, in the so Anthony, that way, it has the energy that, there. You know, it
0: has all that. It, it, All the energy from that, from previous experiences, are there as well.
1: Right. It's it's my it's my working space. It's my inspiration space. Your shrine. Um, yeah. I mean, it's like you sit down and the switch turns on. Oh, here I am. Turn on the switch. Right.
0: Well, are you in the studio now? I am. You are. Excellent. So that means that we are going to, you know, go and, uh, take, uh, take, uh, uh photographs of the mind in the studio, throw up the, the, the soup can bodies and the, the deceased, uh, the deceased salvia coffins of the wetlands of our minds, and we're going to draw back those purple curtains and those blood-red curtains to issue forth a very slimy, grimy, groovy O.T.S.C.E. on-the-spot collaborative poem. I told you it was going to be a corny, weird introduction. Did it yes. live up to its name?
1: I recognize that that's what you were doing, so Yes. Yes, it lived up to its name.
0: (laughs) Okay, excellent. Well, I'm super stoked to get into the OTSCP on the Spot Collaborative Poem. So, uh, uh, Alexis, what books do you have selected uh, for us for the OTSCP? Uh, The authors' names and then uh, uh, the page numbers, please, that you have selected for us.
1: Okay, the first one is Joan Didion's Play It As It Lays, uh, one of my very favorite books, and it's page 152 and 153. Uh, The second book is Geek Love by Catherine Dunn, and it's page uh, 212 and 213. And the third book is The Short Stories of Ernest Hemingway. Um, And this is from The Short Happy Life of Francis Macomber, page 20 and 21. How's that? Excellent. Thank you. Good. I got everything. All right.
0: I have out. uh, My choice are. I was just getting one extra book. I had three, but I think this is good. So I have out uh, Allen Ginsberg of. I, improvised, uh, poetic. So that's 1972. It sits actually on my little, uh, end table here. Uh, and that is, uh, out to pages eight and nine. And it's really excellent for those who are interested in that. Um, Richard Modiano recommended it to me.
1: Um, oh, he's brilliant.
0: He's brilliant. <laughs> yeah. I love yeah, him. It's wonderful. I love him. Uh, Richard is also a friend of assiduous dust. And then I have, uh, Ariel Ariel, um, by Sylvia Plath. It's Oh, it's the restored edition, Ariel, the restored edition of course.
1: Ah, the and ones it's, where the stuff Ted Hughes took out came back in.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, Yay. I don't have the other one, but I'm glad I have this. And I have it to the pages 64 and 65. So that's the end of uh, Purda, Purda. And then I have it, the, the beginning of uh, I have it of uh, the moon and the yew tree. And then I have out it. Uh, this is an interesting book. I have the Mysticism of uh, uh, Sound and Music, um, uh, and that's by Kazarat uh, Inayat Khan, uh, and I have that out to pages 102 and 103, and then I have uh, The Essential Rumi, and I have that, uh, that's the new expanded edition, it's translated by Coleman Coleman Barks. And I have that out to pages uh, 108 and 109. So on 108 is the phrasing must change. And 109 is the guest house. And yes, the phrasing will change because that's part of OTSCP. (laughs) Mm. So um, would you like to start us off, uh, Alexis, and we'll go back and forth?
1: Okay, um, let me see.
0: Yeah, so we're just taking individual words piecing them together, um, you know, wherever our eyes kind of gaze, reasoning in a nonlinear way, and then we'll go back and forth, and hopefully it'll either be, what I like to say, a masterpiece or a masterpiece. And I guess our listeners decide.
1: Well, I I guess I should warn you, I don't play well with others, but I'm willing to take a shot at it, okay? (laughs)
0: That's fine with me. They can't, they can't, uh, we can't hear them, though. We blocked them out, so their criticisms will have to come another
2: way. All right. Four or five joints. She smoked one. Music and sorrow. Too much jeweled heart.
0: With mild eyes and headaches.
1: Listen, she said suddenly. We ate next time for a long while.
2: Blackness and being in the name of headstones.
0: This is a run-on in the
2: margin. The lion before he started the smash of the five oh five. The lamas at a disadvantage concealed crime from the holes in the mind.
1: His wife not leaving him, not much about horses, big sea, salmon, too many books.
0: Daylight is softening, blue and cold, stiff
2: musician in the pulse of heavens.
1: Their strange, twisted forms danced viciously. The dream was not to be monkeyed with. It did not come. It would not go. Connecting
2: a crowd of guards. The humor lit by Sherbert bites Sherbert. And candles,
0: malice, easily greater than physicians' circulation of ancient wax.
1: Disneyland was fine. They drove straight through. Emily did not answer. He got a formal letter. The divorce had gone through. That's when he remembered the freak's. The Saints
2: Miss Nervous Beatles Coliseum of Comma and Brown Poem Bread. Fried Chicken, A Payday,
1: Stuck to the Old Her Bills, Cash Just after midnight. Got out of bed.
2: Flowering. Daylight. Music. Does more. In the first place. Through.
0: Healing. The sea. Dark.
1: Teddy. Brenda. Dad. Said Teddy. Vern was happy. The kids were collapsed, asleep, the volume low, crouched close, carefully. He mentioned
2: the moon under a notebook in lucky laughter. When they climbed into the car, Mother visited.
1: She made him think. She never talked.
2: He died. Oh, that's a good ending.
1: I like that. Yeah, I like that too. That was fun. Like that.
0: that was fun. Absolutely. Yeah. Woohoo. Snap, snap, snap. Clap, clap, clap. clap. Round of applause. Thank you, uh, Alexis Roan Vaughn That's went groovily, and I wonder so do you have any um any uh shout-outs, any final last words before you go into that good internet void of good night? <laughs> uh, I was trying to do something with Dylan Thompson into that into that long good night, into that uh into that internet void
1: night. Do not go gently into...
0: Into the internet the void, void, is what rage, I, I should have Rage
1: said. against the light. Tight, tight um, against
0: the backdrop.
1: <laughs> you know, there's a Dylan Thomas poem that I adore, and um, it's... I, I forget the name, but the first line is, a girl has come to share my room in the house not right in the head a girl mad as birds
0: oh that's lovely Isn't that so nice yeah um,
1: uh, so something anything you, it's in the asylum i think love in the asylum that's the name of it yeah
0: it's probably in i had the treasury of poems it's probably in there
1: uh it should be it's
0: yeah definitely yeah. it's definitely in there definitely in there well, thank you so much, Alexis. Uh, everybody, Alexis Roman Uh Any other links? Any other? Uh, I I said your website is www.alexisromanfurniture. dot com. com. And how can people contact you? If say if they want, can they contact you through your site? If they want to, let's say, be photographed and they're in LA and Um,
1: Yes, there's a a contact me uh, link on my on my website. Um, Yeah, they can just reach me that way if they want a copy of my book, um, if they'd like to talk to me about photographing them. We are up and running with the photographing salon again. So, um, yeah, that would be great. Thank you.
0: Excellent. I might get involved in that, too. Everyone, Alexis rohn and Oh, and also... Check out her latest work, uh, Erotic, New and Selected, and they can find that through your website as well as on the internets.
1: They can. It's also at Bookshop and on Amazon. So just put in my name and my books come up.
0: There you go. Well, thank you so much, Alexis. And you have a groovy night.
1: Well, you have a groovy night too, Josh. And thank you for the interview. I had a good time.
0: Same here.
1: Thank you. Bye. Bye.